Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. That's right, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Now, if you listen to all of our shows, and I really hope that everyone out there listens to all of our shows, you heard me on Thursday morning. So, And this week, welcome to Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning podcast. It is Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. It was Actually, it was actually an enjoyable experience filling in for Dave Schofield on the Stat Geek. If you happen to miss that podcast, let's say you didn't know that I did this bonus Let's Ride, which was just Dave is sick, and so I'm filling. I was filling in for him. It was a stat-driven show. It's not my wheelhouse. That is the furthest thing from my wheelhouse as a podcaster. I am more the commentary guy. I want to give you my opinions, my takes. But I, I felt like I at least did it justice. We'll put it that way. So go check that out if you haven't yet. We have a lot to cover in this podcast today. Jeremy Jerome Betts will be returning as we do our NFL picks. We do our predictions for the Steelers, do all that fun stuff. We have the heart-to-heart at the end. The DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay right before the break. And we've got, I mean, so much to do. Rookie recap, previewing the game, the injury report, the keys to victory, all of that stuff. We got to get through it all, so there's no time to waste. Let's buckle up and let's get things going. So let's talk about the news. There really is not a lot of news surrounding the Steelers. There was the 21-day nonsense. That's kind of what I'm calling it. But whether you're talking about T.J. Watt's 21-day window starting, DeMonte KZ being medically cleared, he could be returning to the team at any time, or Calvin Austin III having his window shut. They shut him out, season-ending IR. Now, it is being reported by Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that he re-injured his foot. Some people, one Shannon White of uh, Behind the Steel Curtains podcast network, he does not buy that. He thinks this is a classic move where it's kind of like a redshirt year. They give the guy a chance to just get acclimated to the NFL, what practices look like, trying to get a feel for what they do well, but they really weren't going to play much anyways. I'm not sure if I buy into that. But still, that's really the only news. T.J. Watt is scheduled to speak today, Friday, for the very first time. This is pretty exciting. Uh, For the very first time, he's going to speak to media since week one. So we'll see what uh, T.J. Watt has to say as it pertains to his recovery, his rehabilitation, all of that stuff. Okay, let's get to the uh, random thoughts section of the podcast. You know, there's a lot of people... (laughs) On Thursdays, every Thursday is when the coordinators speak to the media. And that is when Matt Canada, and honestly, no one, no beat writer, no one says anything about Terrell Austin. Maybe every now and then he'll get a little blurb and all this stuff. When Matt Canada speaks, you would feel like the pitchforks, the 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 pitchforks and torches are out and people are ready to storm the, the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. And so he was talking a lot about it. Uh, we just think this dam's going to break, meaning that this offensive output is coming and it's just building up and then eventually it's just going to let loose. I don't know. (laughs) That's a lot of damn talk, if you know what I mean. Uh, For me, it's I'm just so sick of talking. I've said this before. I'm just so sick of the talk. And Matt Canada has to do this. He he's not choosing to stand in front of the media. He has to do this. And so for for Matt Canada, well, what is he supposed to say? 
yeah, we suck right now. I mean, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh, I don't know why I was hired to do this job. No, he's never going to say that. He has confidence in himself and his abilities, even though things aren't going his way right now. I understand why he's saying it, but for me, it's it's time. I just want them to do it. I want the offense to look like an actual NFL offense and look competent. The trade talk continues. I give Chase Claypool a lot of credit. They asked him the other day. They said, Chase, you know, what do you think about these trade rumors? He said, honestly, I don't pay attention to them. I show up here, I do my job, and that's about it. He said, until someone else says something to me, I don't even know. And they said, well, how do you stay away from the distraction? He goes, I just don't go on Twitter. So Chase Claypool, I'm sure he's hearing some of this stuff, whether it's from his agent, whether it's from teammates or family and friends. He seems to be singularly focused, so that's good. I wrote an article for the website uh, that ran on Thursday, and it was based off of Kenny Pickett's media availability. He he was asked a lot of questions about splash. You know, that's a term that Mike Tomlin loves to use. Splash. You know, you want you want those big plays, splash plays. How can you get more splash, Kenny? Like that's what they're asking this guy and, and the rookie quarterback. He answered them very well. You know, he said, "Well, you just, it's just." You just have to keep plugging away. You got to look at coverages. The one thing that drives me nuts, and what people need to realize is some of these beat writers that they follow, that they take whatever they say as gospel, they don't know a lot about the game of football when it comes to X's and O's. Some do, some really do, some really don't. And um, he basically said, This is Kenny Pickett, that they're going to try their best, but it's not as easy as just, Hey, like you did in the backyard when you were a kid, or at least I did. Hey, go deep. Like th- that's not it. <laughs> that doesn't equate to NFL success as an offense. All right, guys, here's the play. Uh, George Pickens, go deep. Um, Deontay Johnson, run a curl route. Like That's not what happens. It's hysterical to think about because that's exactly what the huddle sounded like when I was a kid playing in the backyard with neighborhood friends and my brother. It was a, hey, go deep. Chuck it deep. That's what we always used to say. Chuck it deep. That just doesn't work. So uh, let's try to keep the, the professional let, – let's, let's keep that talk to the professionals. And when I say that, I'm talking about those that know way better than I do. All right, I'm going to save the rookie recap. I'm going to do that with Jerome Betts in the second half of the show. So let's dive headfirst into the title of this podcast. The title of the podcast is The Steelers Can Prove Plenty versus the Eagles in Week 8. And I honestly believe that. And it's not just about a win. Yeah, a win would be huge, not only giving the Eagles their their lone loss, first loss of the season. You'd be going into the bye week with a huge, huge momentum boost. I mean, you would be on the, they'd be on their high horses thinking about being 3-5 and five after beating Philly. In Philly, you'd break that awful streak since 1965 when Lyndon B. Johnson was the president of the United States. That's the last time the Steelers beat the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. But they have so much more to, to prove than, than even winning a game. And what I mean by that is that when you think about the Steelers, you think about where they're going, you hope where they're headed, where their trajectory's going. I mean, let's look at their losses so far. The Steelers' losses so far this season. They've lost to the New England Patriots, the Cleveland Browns on Thursday Night Football, the New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, and the Miami Dolphins. So those are their losses. They're five losses on the season. I got to be honest, the lone true contender that I see from those losses is Buffalo. I'm not saying Miami's not good. I'm not saying the Jets aren't good. They're playing good football. And Cleveland and New England are not awful teams. So uh, when I but when I think about a contender, I'm talking about a Super Bowl contender, a team that some people are saying could win it all. Buffalo. Buffalo is that team on that list. 
And the Steelers can prove a lot in Philadelphia this Sunday, even in a losing effort. Keep that in mind. Even if the Steelers lose, how do they play this game? Well, you start, and I'm going to compare this to the Buffalo game, okay? So you start by not having a freaking debacle to start the game. And I, I mean in every stretch of the word. When you think about how that Buffalo game started, it was just nothing was tight about that. And I'm not talking about like, you know, the everybody gets a little tight, as Mike Tomlin said. I'm talking about how, you know, they, they had the, the Bills dead to rights on their own two-yard line and give up a 98-yard touchdown pass. The ensuing kickoff, James Pierre fumbles it. It, was, it just was just off the rails. So you start the game better. But when I look at the the quarter by quarter numbers from that game in Buffalo, it was 10 to 3 after the first quarter within striking distance. Then they gave up 21 unanswered points in the second. At that point, it felt like it was over. And it was technically over. The final score was 38 to 3. But let's look at some of the underlying factors here from that game. So Kenny Pickett had to throw the ball 52 times in that game in Buffalo. That is not a recipe for success for every, probably every quarterback except for, except for maybe ones that I could count on one hand. That is not a recipe for success. All the quarterbacks in the NFL, not many are going to succeed when they have to throw it that many times. The offense as a whole only ran the ball 17 times. Okay, keep that in mind. You think about the botched special teams plays. The fumbles, when I talked about James Pierre, the missed Field goals, people forget that Chris Boswell yanked a couple in that game. And they just allowed big play after big play after big play. I mean, chunks, chunk plays like crazy. The Steelers have to avoid a performance like that. And if they can avoid a performance like that, I think it it could be considered a step forward. So let's say the Steelers lose the game. I'll give you a score. It's not my prediction. This is not my prediction, by the way. I'll give you that in the second half. Let's say the Steelers lose by the score of 27 to 20. All right, that's a seven-point loss. That's not great, but think about what it could have been. I mean, you listen to my Thursday show that I did for this, for filling in for the Stat Geek. You see these rankings for the Philadelphia Eagles. It is insane. It's insane the numbers they're putting up. So even in a losing effort, this team can prove a lot offensively, defensively, and this is what this is where we're headed here, folks. This is where we're headed. I'm going to talk about this in my heart to heart at the end of the show, but we got, we just kind of change our lens a little bit as we watch this team. Change the lens that you're viewing this team with, and I think that it'll make a big difference. But the Steelers can prove plenty versus the Eagles in Week Eight. Hang with them. Find a way to make it really interesting in the fourth. Maybe come away with a huge upset win. You're proving a lot. So keep that in mind. All right, let's take a look here at this upcoming game with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's in Philadelphia, like I said. It pits the 6-0 Philadelphia Eagles against the 2-5 Pittsburgh Steelers. We know all this. Let's take a look at the injury report first. Now, at the time of this being recorded the Philadelphia Eagles have not released their Thursday injury report. So due to time restrictions of my schedule, I couldn't wait to wait I couldn't wait to record until they get their stuff together. So I'm just rolling with what the Steelers have from Wednesday and Thursday and what the Eagles have on Wednesday. So let's take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers on Wednesday, October 26th. Their injury report was as follows. 
that did not practice people. Josh Jackson with a groin, Levi Wallace with a shoulder, Montrevious Adams with a hamstring, and Larry Ogujobi with a knee did not practice. Limited, Steven Sims with a hamstring, Pat Fryermuth with an ankle, and then, did, uh, I'm sorry, full participation was Akello Witherspoon. Good news on that front with the cornerback. Now let's take a look at Thursday, October 27th. Let's talk about the did not practice list. It goes down to two. And I say two with a little caveat. The one is Levi Wallace with a shoulder, did not participate. I doubt he plays this week. Mike Tomlin was not optimistic for him to be back. Maybe he's healthy enough after the bye, but I don't think he plays this week. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi with a knee didn't practice. He's missed some practice time in the past, and he has been able to play after practicing on Friday. So keep your eye out on that Friday report. That's the final injury report anyways. Cameron Hayward got the day off. That's a little caveat. But every other player uh, was full except for Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson was limited with that groin. But Witherspoon, Montrevious Adams, Steven Sims, and Pat Fryermuth all were full participants leading up to the game in Week 8. Steven Sims saying he should be good to go and, and he should be back. That's what he told reporters after practice on Thursday. Now let's take a look at the Philadelphia side of things, which honestly, this is really weird for me based on the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles just came off their bye week. So they've only played six games. They had a bye week in Week 7. And I'm looking at this list. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off some names here. Wide receiver A.J. Brown. Defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox. Guard, Landon Dickerson. Center, Jason Kelsey. Guard, Isaac, I don't know how to say the dude's last name. Cornerback, Darius Slay. Defensive end, Josh Sweat. Every single player that I just lay, that I just talked about, resting the player, not injury-related. You just had a bye week, and you're resting all these players? I don't know. Defensive end, Brandon Graham, had a hamstring and didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, tackle Lane Johnson, who's coming off a concussion, was limited. Uh, Josh Joby, or Job, I'm not sure how to say his name. Shoulder, he was a full participant anyways. All those players that were rested were limited, but still, I just don't get that. I just don't get it at all. Like They, they, they don't practice coming off a bye? I don't know. Are they overlooking the Steelers like the Bills did? The Bills were fine with it. They rested a lot of their players that were a little banged up. They were looking ahead to Kansas City. Maybe they are too. I don't know who Philly plays after Pittsburgh, but... It's just weird. That was a really weird injury report for me. But, you know, these two Pennsylvania teams, man, talk about coming into this Week 8 game. It could, could it be any more different? You know, the Eagles, they're coming off their bye, like I mentioned. They've, they're the only undefeated team left in the NFL. They're playing at a ridiculous high level. They have a plus-12 turnover differential. It's insane how good these guys are playing. Uh, and then you look at the Steelers. Is there a more inconsistent team? Then the Steelers, right when you think they're going to kind of get on a roll after beating Tampa Bay in week six, they go into Miami. They only put up 10 points. They have no second half points. And Kenny Pickett's showing some struggles. But, man, it just seems like right now, I mean, on on paper, the eastern part of the state is set to dominate this game. We shall see. There are keys to victory. Believe it or not, there are keys to victory. I do foresee the Steelers having an opportunity to win the game. Why? Because that's why you play the game as – uh, Herm Edwards once famously said, you play to win the game. Yeah, you play to win the game. So let's see what the Steelers have to do, in my opinion, to win that game. Let's start on offense. The first thing, and I say first for a reason, no turnovers. This spills into special teams a little bit too, but they, the Steelers cannot turn it over. You can't turn it over. at the team, Philly, like I said, plus 12 
in the turnover differential department. You cannot turn the football over. Got to play clean. Second, key, you got to win those weighty downs. Spoke about this at length on that Thursday show. If you haven't checked it out, go back and check it out. The Steelers are 37. They're they're sporting a 37.9 third down conversion percentage. That's awful. That's awful. They only got to 50% one time. They've never been above 50% on third down conversions. They've only been at 50% once. Atrocious. They have to win those weighty downs. And then bust out the cheerleaders from my old middle school days. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. That's right. Be aggressive. You don't win games like this. Like this game with an undefeated opponent, you don't win games like this with a conservative mindset. You just don't. You want to dink and dunk your way down the field? Philly's going to let you do that because they're a high-flying, quick-strike unit. So this is one of those situations where if the Steelers want to win this game, you have to be aggressive. You cannot just sit back and say, okay, we're just going to do our thing, hoping it works out. That's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. You know it's not going to work. So the three keys on offense, don't turn it over, win those weighty downs. You can throw in the red zone as well. That's not been good. And then also be aggressive. On defense, be opportunistic. You can't leave plays on the field against a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. If Jalen Hurts throws a bad ball and you get your hands on it, you better catch it. And I'm not putting the blame of Week 7's loss in Miami on the defense for not being able to bring in the turn, the, the interceptions like Mike Tomlin has twice now in the postgame press conference and his press conference on Tuesday. I'm not doing that. But my goodness, you have to be able to take the ball away if you get that opportunity. They've only thrown two interceptions this season. So keep that in mind. Be opportunistic. Second, bend, don't break. Philly's going to get theirs. They are going to get theirs. But you know what you can't do? You can't give up all those touchdowns. The Steelers have been good in this department. I mean, think about Miami. Think about the 13 points they gave up in the first quarter. It easily could have been... 21, maybe even more, but they didn't. They held their ground, they they forced field goals, and they stayed in the game because of it. They're going to have to need to do that again. Philly's averaging 26.8 points per game. That is eighth, I'm sorry, fourth. That's fourth in the league. Bend, but bend, don't break. That is going to be key. And then I thought about, remember the Titans, where they have that crazy game where he says, you know, the defense, he goes, we're going to blitz until you can't blitz anymore. I feel like they have to challenge Jalen Hurts. I listened to the Know Your Enemy podcast. They had someone from Bleeding Green Nation on their show, and that's Shannon White and Jeffrey Benedict's show. They had someone on it, and he was talking about how if the offense has struggled, it's been when Jalen Hurts gets blitzed, and he doesn't necessarily see it right away. That's when they've had some struggles. So you know what? You're not going to be able to sit back and just you know hope for the best. You did that in Buffalo, and it, it did not work out. So if you're going to do it, you might as well go down swinging. I say you got to blitz. If that's it's one of the few weaknesses that they have, well, you got to blitz. You got to do it. So those are the three keys on defense. Be opportunistic. Bend, don't break. Blitz till you can't blitz anymore. All right. Let's take a – well, before we take a break, let's go to the DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay. I was really close last week. Now, here's what's crazy about last week. Last week – I had a parlay together, and I said it on the air, but they told me that I couldn't take the Steelers plus 7.5 
on the single game parlay. So I had to redo it and I had to get uh, Najee Harris rushing yards, which I actually got that one. The only thing I didn't get last week were the Steelers total points. So I was two out of the three. That is a step forward for me, folks. It really is. So here we go. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. So this week, what is the parlay for the Steelers in Philadelphia? All right, here's what I have. I have Pittsburgh Steelers total points. Now, last week I did 20 and a half or more. I'm going with 17 and a half over. Take the over. That's plus 140. So I still think the Steelers offense, maybe as Canada said it, the dam will break. Maybe it will. We'll see. Second leg. I really like these last two legs. I think that if everyone stays healthy, and that's where I've gotten burned here so far this season, that I could actually see this thing working out. George Pickens, total over 45. 45 yards or more. I've got plus 120. Take the over with that. Next, Pat Fryermuth yards. 40. Take the over. Plus 115. So that DraftKings parlay is total points for the Pittsburgh Steelers is over 17 and a half. George Pickens receiving yards is over 45. Pat Fryermuth receiving yards is over 40. I like this parlay. Be sure to check out our Twitter feed at Behind the Steel Curtain. That's at BT Steel Curtain, where there will be a link for you to bet all that good stuff. You'll get it right there. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, when we come back in the second half, we have Jeremy Jerome Betts for the All Bets Are Off segment. We have, we're going to do a rookie recap, NFL picks, our predictions, and stay tuned till the very end for a little heart to heart. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is Friday, it's Let's Ride, and I know it's been a couple weeks, but it's back. The All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts is back. Jeremy, what is going on? How's it going? It has been a while, but it's going great, and I'm glad to be back talking Steelers football with you, Jeff. And he has internet. Yay, welcome to 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, it's been crazy. Work crews around the clock, it seems like, sometimes. There you go. Hey, it happens. It happens for sure. Okay, let's – I said to my listeners in the first half, we're going to save the rookie recap to the second half. What I want to do is just run through the rookies and just give me your general thoughts on how their season's going or maybe even disappointment levels. Yeah, that's okay too. So let's talk about number one pick, Kenny Pickett. What are your thoughts so far on Kenny Pickett? Such a polarizing player right now within the fan base. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I find it interesting just the the total difference in in philosophy even from like when ben roethlisberger took over as a rookie in in 2004 i mean what were steelers fans really expecting out of him uh based on what they expect out of kenny pickett today and i think where your expectations are is uh kind of how you view uh these guys and so you know kenny pickett to me i expected him to have a chance to to play games this year, I expected there to be some growing pains, but I expected a guy who could also uh, show that he, that the moment was not too big for him. And uh, I think that he's done at least that. And 
um, shown the confidence that you want out of a starter, uh, a guy who can bounce back after mistakes and, and put together uh, good drives. And, um, you know, for, for as disconnected as the offense feels, I don't think that's Kenny Pickett's fault. We saw it with Mitch Trubisky as well. I think that's more of scheme tactics and maybe bad fits on in some areas. So I think you got to be pretty happy with what Kenny has done so far, despite the interceptions I'd rather him throw them this year when the Steelers really aren't playing for much and learn from those than uh, kind of be a conservative, ooh, I don't know if I want to take that shot and uh, not really know how what he can do with his arm at this level. I think in college he probably – uh, that first, the the second interception of the day against the Dolphins, but the first one in the fourth quarter, I think he probably makes that throw in college against college athletes. And so he knows now I can't do that against Javon Holland. I can't do that against pro safeties. Can't stare down the receiver and throw up the seam like that with a safety sitting and, and waiting. So uh, I think he knows that now. And those are the types of things Kenny Pickett learns from and gets better at. You saw it in college. Yeah, and it's it's hysterical because I always say, like, you know, think back to those early two thousands teams, and I always say, you know, could you imagine Twitter if oh. it was around then? And I always say, could you imagine like Lee Flowers or Joey Porter with a Twitter account? And and oh, it would be hysterical. Yes. It would be fantastic <laughs> for websites like Behind the Steel Curtain. But yeah. uh, in in this case, I would love to have go- I would love to have gone back and read about what fans were saying when Ben Roethlisberger was there. Oh yeah, they're winning, but oh yeah, yeah, they're winning despite him. Like that's what some of the narratives would have been, but I, let's not spend too much time. We could do a whole show on that. Sure. Let's absolutely. go to the second round pick George Pickens. What are your thoughts on him? I think that you're seeing right away the explosive physical abilities and uh, some, some rawness in, in route running. Obviously I think um, he had trouble uh, getting separation from Xavier Howard in the second half of the of the Miami game where they were kind of rolling their coverage over to him and you know Mike Tomlin talked about that um in regards to Jamar Chase last year when he kind of went through a little bit of a slump in, in the middle of the season after having broken out and uh he's just got to find time or have the time to figure out how to beat these coverages again and and to use his his size to his advantage and then I think you've got to also say Kenny Pickett got to trust him a little bit in some of these tighter window throws, but I think you're seeing all the makings of a number one receiver, uh, in, in physical skill and in want to, he can catch anything. Uh, and he just seems to have that mentality where he, he wants to be, and is going to be the best, uh, player in each matchup that comes up. So I like what I'm seeing out of Pickens for sure. Now the next guy's on injured reserve, but still yes. he played a significant number of snaps as to Marvin Leal. What were your thoughts on him before he hurt his knee? I really like the versatility he showed the uh, with TJ Watt out. They they've had to get creative with their defensive line. And with some of these guys and you saw um, you saw DeMarvin Leal standing up on the edge a little bit, uh, especially as he got closer to uh, or as we were getting closer to, um, you know, that injury, uh, Mm -hmm. you saw him standing up more on the on the outside and and making plays, getting his hands up. Uh, So the versatility is definitely there, I think. Uh, technically he, he is a little raw and, uh, needs some work. Uh, but that's why you have a guy like Cam Hayward in, in town and why you keep him, uh, around for, uh, even past this year is so he can help this, this kid grow. And I think you've got a guy with that type of versatility, with that type of, of athleticism on the interior and the ability to jump outside. Uh, you got a guy that uh, could be a foundational building block. You do want to see more out of him as far as, uh, getting off blocks and, and, um, attacking runners and whatnot but i think you 
you definitely see what the Steelers saw in him, uh, which made him a, a higher draft pick. Now the next few players, you know, not, not huge roles on the team, especially this fourth round pick uh, Calvin yeah. Austin, the third, his season's done. It yeah. was over before it even started. I said this on my special stat geek podcast. I did Thursday where I hated to say it. It made me almost sick to my stomach when it, when the words left my mouth and that was this reeks of Senquez Golson. Like I yeah. hated saying Ooh. that Ooh. based on the fact that Senquez Golson never even saw a preseason NFL right. field ever. Yeah for the Steelers. So I'm not saying that's where this kid's going, but what were your thoughts about Calvin Austin season being shut down? Yeah, I think some of that had to do with a numbers game as well. You know, we've talked about it uh, on our Slack channel, you know, just the fact that what do you do with, do you cut Gunnar Olszewski? If Calvin Austin comes back healthy, do you cut yes. Steven Sims before he was <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, the fan base might be turning more that direction after what we've seen, but um you know, the, the numbers game wasn't really in his favor, especially battling uh, a nagging injury like that. So I think that that's, that's the reason why the Steelers probably shut him down was, you know, we don't want to necessarily wait on this guy uh, and insert him in the middle of the season. What's he going to be able to do at that point that um, Gunner and, and uh, Steven Sims aren't already probably doing at a higher level than he'll be able to at that point. So redshirt him basically and let's get him healthy for uh for next year yeah it's it's it just is lousy you know you, yeah it's you, you hear about the 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 speed and, and yeah. the dynamic playmaking ability and you're like gosh i just want to see it and we never did let's yeah. go to the sixth round pick that was connor hayward his role is expanding slightly yes. i think the injury to pat fryermuth when he was out with his concussion gave him that opportunity and maybe he could be a player that sees more of a, a role after the bye week what are your thoughts on connor hayward yeah, I'd love to see him get a little more involved, um, especially on third down and, uh, you know, the critical uh, downs where maybe you want an extra receiving tight end on the field and get uh, Zach Gentry off, you know, in those types of situations. I think his limitations as a blocker, as a physical guy at the point of impact along the line of scrimmage is probably what keeps him from getting more snaps. But I'm, you've seen it. He's got natural athleticism. Uh, Cam's talked about it too. You know, baby brother's got some natural hands, natural feet, uh, knows how to move, knows how to find the soft spot in the coverage. And, um, you know, that can be a big deal for a young guy like Kenny Pickett in the in the pocket as well. You need that guy that you can trust to dump it off to. And they're, they're going to have more of a rapport from their work in the preseason and, uh, you know, running second and third team together. So, you know, that's a that's a guy that I think you'll see a little bit more of moving forward, like you like you mentioned there. I hope so. Now Mark Robinson has gotten a helmet one time, and that was the yeah. game against the Buccaneers because they were so decimated on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he, there's not much to say. He was a special teams guy. I don't even know if he saw that much time on the field at all. But what's your expectations for Robinson? I, I mean, I don't really have any, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I think that's kind that of it. that's kind of where it needs to be as a fan. You know, it's just like. Hope these guys can, uh, these coaches, Brian Flores and, and company can uh, coach him up and and help him use some of those natural, the natural talent that we've seen, uh, that we saw in the preseason, you know, and uh, add some mental uh, fortitude uh, and strengths to it as well so he can be a more complete player. But, I mean, the way the Steelers linebacker room is is playing right now, you know, they, they like Robert Spillane as that third guy that they can rotate in and out. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that when you've got a, a guy who's played uh, all of about 15 games at linebacker in his entire life, you know, so uh, something to 
you know, a, a sixth. Was, was he a sixth round pick or seventh round pick? I can't remember. Who? Early seventh. Mark Robinson. He was a seventh. He seventh was that's first, right. Yeah. First of two. The other one was Chris Oladoke. Right. First, first of two. And then, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, as a seventh round pick, just a guy, uh, the fact that he made the roster at all is, is impressive. So I think that it defies expectations right off the bat. So, and the last player we have to talk about is the undrafted guy oh, out yeah. of Oklahoma state, Jalen Warren. Uh, I think he's exceeded all of our expectations, but where's, is, is the sky the limit for this guy? Where do you see his limitations moving forward? In Pittsburgh, I don't think the sky is the limit for this guy because the Steelers are too heavily invested in Najee Harris. And I think if you, if you go back and even watch their college film, Najee Harris has more to offer as a player, uh, you know, vision uh, has always been a, a big thing for for Najee Harris, and we're seeing maybe that's compromised a little bit with some of his health issues potentially uh, that we've seen this year. But I mean, if you look at the at the Miami game, you saw that catch he made in space, and he's just like juking out defenders left and right, and and gains an extra four or five yards. That's that's intangible stuff that you can't really teach. Jalen Warren is not that type of player. Uh, it's yeah it's see the gap and, and hit it at 110 miles an hour. And, uh, you know, hopefully you break a tackle and see what happens. That's his game. But, um, obviously the fact that he is the number two running back on this team as an undrafted free agent running back and that he's, he's averaging over four, I think four and a half yards of carry this season so far, yeah, that's impressive stuff. And that's something that the, the Steelers should take more advantage of, I think, uh, down the road. All right, good stuff. Rookie recap. There it is. All right, let's talk about the upcoming slate of games. We have a full slate coming up in week eight. Uh, there are some bye weeks, so it's not going to take as long. We're going to do this rapid fire. The first game this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. That's right. We've got London time again. Ooh, and what a what a game. Well, I, I use that as I say that as sarcastically as I can. The Denver Broncos to the going over overseas playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Broncos are getting two and a half. Russell Wilson's doing high knees in the aisles of a, of an airplane. <laughs> Who do you like in this game, Jeremy? I think Jacksonville rebounds here. Um, I liked what I saw out of Travis Etienne this last week. Fantasy heads beware. He's about to break out. Uh, and he might be cheap still this week in DFS. So keep an eye on that. Uh, but I like the Jaguars this year. I think their defense is good enough to eliminate the Broncos offense, which is not very good. The Broncos offense isn't very good, but I don't think Jacksonville's as good as we all hyped them up at one point to be. There's people saying they they could be shopping someone, some of their very talented defensive players. I don't understand that. I'm actually going to take the Broncos to keep it close. Even the games they've lost, they've kept it close. Denver's defense is good. I'm going to take the Broncos getting two and a half. Just call it a hunch. Let's go to Sunday at one o'clock. We'll get to the Steelers game at the end. The Arizona Cardinals at the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings are playing good football. They're giving three and a half here. What do you think about this NFC game? This one is very intriguing because the Cardinals defense has been playing very well. And the Vikings have shown to uh, have limitations on offense at times. So, you know, a close game. I'm taking the under on this one for sure with the defenses, but I like the Vikings to hold serve here and uh, get the points as well. I like the Vikings giving three and a half as well. Let's continue at one o'clock. The Miami Dolphins just beat the Steelers in week seven. They're going on the road to Detroit. Detroit's been struggling coming off that bye week. Detroit is giving three and a half points at home. What are your thoughts? This Detroit defense uh, can't stop anybody. <laughs> and the the Miami Dolphins uh, with Tua having another week of practice here uh, and their weapons, I think they're too much. I like the Dolphins. I like the Dolphins giving three and a half as well. The Las Vegas Raiders go to the Big Easy, the New Orleans Saints. 
The Saints are getting one point at home. Do the Raiders win this game and cover? They do. The Ra- the Raiders are on the rise. Uh, I think they're going to be a playoff team this year. Um, and I just I just like what they're going to do. I, I think they can beat the Saints and and uh, and get the points here. Saints are banged up. They still don't know who's their quarterback. I like the Las Vegas Raiders in this one, even though they're giving one on the road. The New England Patriots go to the New York Jets. The Jets are red hot right now. The Patriots are struggling. They say Mac Jones is the quarterback. We'll see if that holds up. The New York Jets are, I'm sorry, they are actually getting two and a half here. I cannot believe this spread. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, The Jets lose Brees Hall, which is huge for that team. You don't know what's going on with Zach Wilson. Uh, but the Patriots are even more of a mess and the Jets defense has been probably the best unit uh, in that conference outside of, uh, of the bill, or I'm sorry, in that division outside of the bills. So I like the Jets even without their superstar running back. I like the Jets. They traded for Robinson from Jacksonville. He's on a five and two team. Now I've always liked that kid. So I like the Jets plus two and a half at home as well. The Chicago bears, they're coming off of a big win over those Patriots on Monday night football. They go to Dallas, Dallas. They have Dak Prescott back, but Chicago's getting nine and a half points on the road here. What are your thoughts, Jeremy? I like the bears. They muck up games with their defense and their, that running game. And I think that they can keep it closer than this spread. I don't think they'll win, but I think uh, defensive struggle, you go with the, uh, with the big spread here. Yeah, nine and a half. I don't think they're going to win it, but I think they keep it close and they cover that spread. So take the Bears plus nine and a half. Still at one o'clock on Sunday, the Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Who knows who the Carolina Panthers quarterback is? Uh, it's it's a mess. That team is a mess. Atlanta, they continue to play tough, but they're giving four points at home. What do you think? I still like the Falcons. Um, interestingly enough, this this game uh, would be for the division lead, <laughs> potentially, oh, which is insane this division might be uh the worst in football it is the worst in football but i like the falcons i think they're scrappy i think they win this game i I agree with you yeah take the falcons minus four sunday at 405 the tennessee titans go to the houston texans the titans are giving two and a half on the road do the titans win and cover i don't think so uh i think the texans keep this close the the texans and and titans are a an a tough call because they often split uh their their series every year and so i i think that it's a it's a very low scoring game but i like the texans i don't know why maybe just a gut hunch for myself as well there i like tennessee giving two and a half on the road i think they're starting to get their footing after a really slow start to the season 425 the san francisco 49ers go to the la rams in that nfc west division matchup the rams are actually getting one and a half points at home that's weird for a super bowl defending champion what do you think well if you remember the um the Niners blew them out, <laughs> blew them yeah. out of the water uh, in, in their uh, home stand against the Rams. But uh, I like the Rams. I think uh, after a bye week rested and healthy uh, and San Francisco has had their head heads handed to them by two teams in a row. Uh, I think the Rams keep it rolling here. I like the Rams. I think 49ers are going to bounce back at some point, you know, and I, I just think they're too talented to just keep losing. I don't believe in the LA Rams. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers giving one and a half. This is a tough game to pick at 425. The New York Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle's playing out of their minds, in my opinion. I thought this team was going to be atrocious, yet they're four and three, and they're giving three points to the Giants at home. What do you see with this game? Obviously, the odds makers think they're pretty even, right? With the with the Giants getting that 
or I'm sorry, with the uh, Seahawks getting their three points at home. But uh, I, I think the Giants just know how to win football games, and and I like that three point spread for a Giants team that has beaten uh, teams greater than them uh, this season already. So I like the Giants. This is my upset special of the week here. Take Seattle giving three at home. They're they're due for that twelfth man win. All right, Sunday at four twenty five. Still the Washington Commanders with Tyler Henneke, I think is his name at quarterback, and the Colts have benched Matt Ryan for the rest of the year. And uh, I'm sorry, the, yeah, did I say the Colts? I meant the Colts yeah. if I meant, didn't say that. But still, <laughs> the Commanders are on the road and they're getting three in Indy. What do you think about this one? Heineke versus Ellinger. Good grief! This is this is 2022 quarterback football. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I like the Commanders here. Um, switching quarterbacks to Ellinger and for the Colts offense that hasn't been very good s- still. Uh, it's going to be a t- it's going to be a low scoring game, but I like Heineke and the and the com- Commanders. Heineke has what it takes to be a winner. I, I have said it should have been Heineke the whole year for yeah. the people that I know that are commanders fans. They like the Washington organization. I'll take the commanders as well. Plus three Sunday night football. The green Bay Packers have a, they have a plus Ooh. 11 point spread in Buffalo. The Steelers have been there. They know yeah. it's a tough place to play, but you guess Aaron Rodgers and that team coming I mean, 11 points. What do you think here? I still like the bills, man. I don't know what, what's up with this Packers team right now. Um, but Buffalo's not going to let them run the football, which is what they need to do to try to win football games. The the Packers, that is, and uh, you know the this secondary is just too good. It's more about the Bills' defense, really, even than their offense. Why I think that the Bills uh, cover this uh, rather large spread. Aaron Rodgers is not. I don't. I don't think he's done. You know, Tom Brady's done. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is done. I'm going to take the Packers plus mm-hmm. eleven. I don't think they win, but I think they at least keep it close enough to cover. And then Monday night football game that all Steeler fans are going to want to watch. Why Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns, the Bengals are giving three on the road in prime time. And it was just reported before we, while we were recording that Jamar chase is dealing with a hip injury that it could sideline him from four to six weeks. And he might go on IR. So the Bengals could be without their top wide receiver. What do you think about this AFC North matchup? I still like the Bengals here. Uh, The Browns are, a mess uh, as per usual. It's very Cleveland of them to be as Cleveland as they are right now. I think you could say. Uh, so I like the Bengals. I think they're one of the few teams who could lose a Jamar chase and be just fine uh, with their cast of weapons. Um, T Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd are more than capable of carrying the load at wide receiver. I still like the Bengals who are on, on fire right now playing really uh, good football. Yeah. I like the Bengals as well, even though they're in Cleveland. I think they're they're starting to get it going. Yeah. And then obviously the game everyone cares the most about, one o'clock on Sunday in Philadelphia. The Pittsburgh Steelers, this line has moved slightly. It started at yeah. eleven. It's down to ten and a half. What do you think about this game? How do you see it playing out? And what's your score prediction? Yeah, I mean, we this is the second time this year that the Steelers will have faced uh, a team that in record and in, and in production is vastly, vastly superior to them. Uh, just like Buffalo. Um, the, the Eagles are just good everywhere They're, They have no weakness really on that team. That's going to, it would come down to mistakes, uh, for them to lose. And, you know, maybe the Steelers can, can force that, but you don't have TJ Watt, um, still. And, you know, even with a healthy secondary bouncing back, uh, I just don't know if the Steelers defensive line can, can, hold up against the Eagles offensive line and that running game and Jalen hurts. And uh, 
this might be one of the very few instances that we will have seen as Steelers fans where the other team is just that much better. Uh, it's going to be tough. I hate to say it as a Steelers fan, but I do not expect the Steelers to to cover the points here. Uh, the spread is what it is, but I like the Eagles a lot. I think that they'll shut down the running game. I think that they've got the secondary to shut down the, the Steelers passing game. And if this is the week Steelers fans are – uh, clamoring for um, for change at offensive coordinator, it might be the the one chance for them to get it. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But I don't. Silver I don't. Lining. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like this for the Steelers at all. I like the schedule after the bye, but this is a really tough way to finish it out. Uh, so I think that the uh, the Eagles are going to win thirty three to sixteen. Thirty three mm. to sixteen uh, over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I hate to be a pessimist, Jeff. I'm not usually like that, but trying to be realistic this time, I think. Well, you know, I'm going to be realistic too, Jeremy, in my predictions, which means I'm picking the Steelers, oh. damn it. That's right. <laughs> it's going to take a Herculean effort. It's going to be a defensive score, special team score, and the offense is going to wake up, and they're going to have a game-winning touchdown. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to find a way to win this one, 27-26. to 26. They're going to upset the Eagles. They're coming off the bye. They're overlooking him. Am I going to be wrong? I guarantee you, let's say 99%, I'm going to be wrong. I don't care. <laughs> I never pick against the Steelers. No, if you you've don't. never That's listened right. to my shows before, then now you know. So, all right, Jeremy, why don't you say a little something to the uh, Ride or Die crew, what you have cooking up on the website, and as well as your podcast, The Steelers Fix, and let them know where they can find you on social media. Sure. The Steelers are 16 and 0 every year in Jeff Hartman's 17. mind and vision. 17 and 0, excuse me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, we're giving you an extra one now. This yeah. uh yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Bets93, uh T-H-E-B-E-T-Z 93. Trying to to keep up with uh the power rankings on um on the website on behind the steel curtain.com, ranking every team. It's a lot of fun because I watch basically every game and uh it, you know, seeing these teams um fight and, and play it's a really weird year in the nfl chaos reigns there's a lot of mediocrity so if you like to 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 follow the rest of the league as well check out my articles every week uh, about the uh nfl power rankings and then uh check out the steelers fix andrew and i talked about uh some surprises and some disappointments this last tuesday show and uh we'll be giving you more uh fantasy and uh draft content as we move forward all right, good stuff, Jeremy. Next week, we'll have the bye week. Maybe we'll do something special for that, so make sure you Wait. check that out. But, Jeremy, thank you for your time. Have a good one. You too, man. All right, take it easy. And a big thank you to Jeremy Betts for taking the time. And it's been a couple weeks. It was great to have him back on to go over the NFL picks and to talk about the rookies on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. Let's do a heart-to-heart as we finish all of our Friday shows here on the Let's Ride podcast. It's time for you to change your lenses, folks. Time to change the way you view the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have said it ad nauseum that I believe it's a two- to three-year process here for the Steelers to become Super Bowl contenders again. If you view it in that same regard, if you look at it through that same lens, you will start to see what I see. Number one, must-see television. You are watching the rebuild right in front of your eyes. This is not a situation where in 2003 it was so bad that everyone was like, at 6-10, and 10, my gosh, this team is awful. They got, that led to Ben Roethlisberger in 2004. But this year, yeah, you're 2-5, and five, 
But you hope that Kenny Pickett is that guy, and now you're watching them start to rebuild it. You get to see, and this is something I'm going to do a whole podcast on during the bye week, players that will be a part of that rebuild and players that might not be a part of that rebuild. You know, I even think about as far as that first run when Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback. We're talking about in 05. I remember back in 04, they lose the AFC Championship game to the Tom Brady-led, actually it was Drew Bledsoe, doesn't matter, uh, New England Patriots. And we all remember what happened. They had the team meeting afterwards. Jerome Bettis stands up and he speaks to the team. Heinz Ward comes out of that meeting room and he is bawling like a baby. Just unbelievably upset. We wanted to win one for Jerome. I can't believe we didn't do it. Now, thankfully, Ben Roethlisberger and a couple other teammates had co- coerced him into coming back in 05. It kind of makes me wonder, is Cam Hayward going to be that guy for the Steelers? That two- to three-year window would have him near the end of his career. Would it be that guy? We need to win one for Cam. And let's rally the troops to get that one for Cam. It's going to be an interesting topic to discuss, and the bye week's going to be the perfect time to do it. But when you watch this game on Sunday, no matter how ugly it is, think about what I'm saying. Change your lens a little bit. Look towards the future. See some glimmers of hope. And I'm not talking about a quarterback. I'm talking about across the roster. Keep that in mind as you're watching the game. Change your lens, and it might be, it might benefit you. Just saying, you'll enjoy it a heck of a lot more. I'll tell you that. All right, that does it for me. I will be back on Sunday at one, after the 1 o'clock kickoff to talk about this game and the postgame show. I will be there. And then I'll also be back on Monday with my Winners and Losers podcast. But you know how we finished out here, folks. Be safe. Be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. We'll see you uh, you on Monday. Go Steelers.